what up, it's your boy Cool Chef. This podcast is brought to you by my boy Joey T and Tyrese Maxi. But right now, you know, we just maxing on the courts, hailing from the streets of South Philly. Sometimes it gets a little hectic out there, but right now, we go up you on how we just chill. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another edition of Trust the Podcast. I am your host, Joe Tooman. As always, in the Sixers have been absolutely cooking their opponents lately. Yeah, they were beating down on a bunch of bad teams, but last night, we're recording this on a Thursday, they defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves, the NBA's best team, best defense up to that point, uh, 127-113. And to discuss the Sixers' recent performances, I'm joined by a fellow Sixers fan, and more importantly, the new sports editor of the Daily Collegian, Daniel Mater, is back on the pod. Dan, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, bringing me on again. I'm excited to talk some Sixers as uh, things are looking up lately. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's always fun talking Sixers with you. So last night, as I mentioned, they beat Minnesota, obviously coming off a lot of uh, wins over some bad teams as well. They did lose to Chicago uh, two games back, but Sixers are 19-8 and on the year right now. They're third in the Eastern Conference, which is kind of where everyone had them pegged. Uh, They're behind Boston and Milwaukee, like many people expected. Uh, but they've been blowing teams out and Bede's averaging 34 a game. He averaged 40. He's been averaging 41 in the month of December so far. Obviously, everybody's talking about Maxi making his leap. They have the number one net rating in the league right now. Like they're just playing so well as a team. So just up to this point in the year, as we head into 2024, what's your mindset on the team right now? Like obviously they're playing well, but just how are you feeling about the team overall? Yeah, um, I think it's so weird. I just saw something last night. It's kind of weird to think two months ago, every this consensus among Sixers fan base and Philadelphia sports fans was that nobody really cared about the Sixers anymore because they knew what they could expect from the team. And they thought there was just a bunch of chokers that weren't going to do much. Maybe they make it to the playoffs again, but it might be time to start blowing it up. And then here we are two months later, and this is probably the best looking Sixers team we've seen over the last six, seven years since Embiid started playing. Um, which is a crazy turnaround in just how things are looking. And I think everything has to do with bringing in Nick Nurse. I think they made the James Harden trade exactly when they should have and got the right players what they needed. Um, Nick Nurse, excellent coach. Joel Embiid somehow got better after last year having an MVP season, looking like he could win it again. And then the Maxi Leap. I just think everything's going right for them lately. This just really looks like a team that actually looks like it could win a title just night in and night out based on the effort you're seeing on the all around kind of game you're seeing and the coaching and everything that goes into that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you because just before the year, everyone, like you said, they were down on the team just because how many more years can we do the same result over and over and expect anything different. But to me as a fan and just even just judging the team themselves, it just feels like everything is refreshed for the players, for the fan base, I hate to say like we're in a new era with the team because yeah, we have a lot of the same guys, but I honestly think like Nick nurse, like you said, I mean, he's a great coach. I think he's going to be here for a while, just like he was there in Toronto for a while. I think this is the first of many good years under him. Uh, And, you know, we can start talk about the future later on the pod, but even right now, just after that hardened trade, like you mentioned, yeah, we didn't get a superstar for him. Just like the way when we traded Ben for him, it was a, you know, we got a major star, but we have our stars because Maxi has taken that leap. We now have two all-star caliber guys on the team and just fitting these little pieces, these role players into place. 
it, it makes me feel so stupid for ever believing in any of the other Sixers teams we ever believed in because we had bad coaching, especially with Doc. But even Brett, I mean, I like Brett, but he wasn't Nick Nurse. And just the role players, sure, we might have had some good players, but with all these wing guys we have now, it really feels like we have guys who can do multiple things. And it sounds so simple, but that's what makes a good basketball team a good basketball team. You have to have the role players be able to complement your stars. And for a while there, I don't know. I, I don't know what you think, but I just feel like we have guys who, you know, they can do things on both ends. They can pass, they can score, they can defend, where before it felt like we had specialists in a lot of those roles. I think two things that you really hit on there. One, I think I really love that we can look at this season and know we can contend for a title, but also there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of good things to to look forward to in the coming years. This can be a team that can contend this season, but then they have all this money they can throw in the offseason or for a trade. They have assets they can use. They have a great team that they could improve on if they wanted to. The other thing I love is that they haven't had a consistent kind of core with a coach, front office, and bead and surrounding players ever. It's never been year in, year out the same. You Ben Simmons, James Harden were in and out the door. There's never consistency. Jimmy Butler was in for a couple months. Like there's never been consistency in everything. And I think now is your finally your opportunity where the next three or four years, probably with them just extending Maury, um, where they can have consistency in in what everything looks like. And I think that really helps build uh like a championship contending uh kind of program team. And the other thing that you were just saying is like there has been glaring holes on every single Sixers team in some way. I don't they were easy to overlook, I think, because there was so much talent, but there's never been a kind of a complete team. Um, and like you're saying, like we finally have a group of guys that play together. Nobody's selfish. I'm not saying James Harden was selfish, but he certainly isn't unselfish in the way that he should. A guy averaging 10 plus assists should be. I just think everybody on the team, it starts with Embiid and Maxi wants to win. You have guys that are capable of winning. You have a nice mix of vets, young guys. Just kind of the perfect storm of what you want to have as a basketball team, I think. It, it, it's so, it, it just feels unnatural just because we've been watching the same, not the same, well, like you said, not the same because it seems to change every year. But, and you mentioned Maury's extension. I think that's also really important. Not not that he hadn't earned it because I, I love what Maury's done, but just that commitment from ownership to say like, this is the right group to lead this team. So mm-hmm. hopefully that can continue. I mean, people are like, oh yeah, Embiid's going to demand a trade. Now it feels like, it's going to be hard to believe that he's not on the Sixers, at least during the prime of his career. And with, with Maxi, well, let's talk about him. Yeah. I mean, he's, if he doesn't make the all-star team, I'd be shocked. And I think, I don't think that's just Sixers fans saying it. No, I, I was so skeptical of this season. I, I never thought the Sixers weren't going to be a playoff team, but I really did believe in that whole retooling thing. I was always looking to, in the, you know, last summer, I was always looking to this coming summer when we're going to have all the cap space. I really thought this year was going to be a wash, but I never imagined. Not only has he continued to grow as a scorer, but he's he's a point guard now. He is passing the ball at a very high level. He's keeping turnovers low on most nights, uh, averaging seven assists a game. Just what? How do you think Maxi's been able to get better so quickly? And we know he had the work ethic, but I really didn't think he could make another jump so quickly. He's only twenty two years old. It's it's insane. I mean, the crazy thing is, I think what's even more crazy is that if Doc Rivers had given him an opportunity, say we never even got Harden or whatever it happened, I don't know. If he had this kind of opportunity two years ago, I still think he could have been a 23, 24 point per game store, 
good three or four assists. Maybe not these numbers. I think he's matured incredibly um, and he's still pretty young, but I just think it's insane. I think he's always been this good. I just don't think he's ever had the real opportunity to have the ball in his hands like he has now. And I think that's what's really um, making him stand out is that they're giving him the keys to whatever he wants to do on the floor and beats um, giving him the ball whenever, you know, he's open. Like it's, there's no kind of, Um, nothing holding him back anymore. Like you said, I think my favorite thing about him is that he can be a point guard and average seven assists, but he's also not turning the ball over. He's like, I think he's the best version of Tyrese Maxey we possibly could have gotten this year. Um, like averaging 26 and seven, not turning the ball over is about the best you could ask from what, how six, two guard. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. He's been insane this year. I don't know how he can get much better. I don't want to doubt him in that because we've seen that he's has this crazy work ethic and he puts in all the work that you need to, um, to be a superstar. But again, I don't see any reason why he not shouldn't just be an all-star. I think he's an all-star starter right now. Like I think Embiid said last night, I think it's him and Halliburton for the, for the East right now. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm biased there, but I feel like those two have been clear cut the best guards in the East. I also think he could be like an all NBA third team kind of guy at this point. Like he's been crazy good this season. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I haven't, I can't take a look at the All NBA right now. I haven't done that prep, but just thinking about at least for the East. I mean, people might say Dame, but Dame had his growing pains early in the year with the Bucks, just trying to figure out that fit. I think Maxi, I mean, he's been lights out consistent since the beginning of the season, and like, like we said, the Sixers are playing better than just about anyone over the past month. So, I, I kind of agree with you. I think the Tyrese backcourt, the Tyrese and Tyrese backcourt as the starters. I would love to see that in the Eastern Conference. We'll see if the the coaches, the fan vote, uh, goes that way. But yeah, I, I and the other thing about him, like you say, like he's he's playing point guard, but then he's also still such a great scorer. His ability as a three point shooter, and we saw it even last night against Minnesota, against a team like that where they're the best defense, they got all these super athletic, switchable defenders at the guard position. I mean, Anthony Edwards, obviously, but even just across that whole roster, and he was just not phased. He was just creating space for himself, those step backs, then I guess Harden kind of maybe taught him or mentored him on, or just, you know, his, he just felt automatic last night. And I mean, that's a common theme. The fact that he's able to do that against a team that good gives me all the faith in the world in him. So he's, he's going to continue to be a force for this team. With that, I think I'm going to take away what I just said about the turnovers and say, I think the thing I love most about him is that every single night you can tell he doesn't care who he's playing he's kind of just going to go out there and play basketball no matter who he's against, no matter who he's playing with. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to go out and be the same player no matter what. And I think that also has shown in the playoffs too, when he's gotten his opportunity. Um, that's why I feel like I feel good about them in the playoffs this year is because he's not the kind of guy that's going to shy away from the moment. I don't think there's any difference to him on when, what the time of the game is, who he's playing, any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, overall, his mentality, I think, is just incredible for what, 22, 23-year-old, so. Yeah, he's definitely the he's the second star this team had had needed for ages, and we finally got him because he's a guy who can grow with the team. And yeah, he's a lot younger than Embiid, but he's also, you know, as Embiid gets to the end of his prime, Maxi should only be getting to the the start of his because I know he's playing so great. We're talking about him as an all star starter, but I mean, NBA players don't really get these those type of players don't reach their peak until you know, you know, in their mid to late twenties. So. I'm excited to see what the future holds for Tyrese, but you know, we're talking about him, but obviously Embiid's the guy who makes things run around here. 
everyone's talking about how he's playing better than his MVP season last year, and he and he definitely is. But I don't think Embiid has gotten better. I think he's already at his ceiling. It's just like we talked about this supporting cast, the coaching change. It just feels like all the new parts in the team are allowing Embiid to maximize his skills even more. Because I talked about on this podcast last year, I thought his passing took a huge leap. And I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily gotten better, but I just think that he has guys who cut to the basket now. He has Maxi, who's, you know, a bucket from beyond. He just has guys he can count on to take the pressure off him. And his scoring himself, though, I don't know if it's gotten better. I think he's always, I don't think it's better. I just think it's coming a little easier, like I said, because of that. It feels like he has more support opposite him. Yeah, no, I fully agree with everything you just said. I don't think, technically, yeah, stats have grown definitely from the last year to this year, but I definitely think it's mostly a product of the opportunities had with no Harden and also just a product of the coaching and the the team around him that everybody's, like we said, is like unselfish, knows what their role is, knows how to get him the ball, um, knows when to get open when he has the ball. Like like with Oubre, um, Maxi, Batum, all, all of them are guys who can who can cut, they can shoot. Um, like you said, we just have guys that can do a little bit of everything, and that's really what's, I think, helping him the most and is what make, is making the team so good is that kind of like Jokic has had the team around him in Denver. I, I think they're kind of had the same blueprint here. I've been, I said it over the offseason. It's what they should look at when they're building a team. And right now I think they have the kind of team that's kind of similar to what Denver was last year, where you have guys that can shoot and cut to the basket when Jokic has the ball. And that just allows him to kind of be this offensive hub where he can score, he can rebound, he can pass, he can kind of just do it all. But the difference is with those two is Embiid's such an incredible defender on top of that. So right. I think overall um, all that growth is really just coming from the guys around him more than just him. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And, not only do we have guys cutting now, but then that allows Embiid because people have to pay more attention to his passing. But we saw it in the Minnesota game last night. And an example was he had Nas Reed and around the foul line. And he did like four of those jab steps in the just in the triple threat position. And I'm sure by like the third time, Minnesota thought, okay, he's probably going to pass eventually. And he just kept doing it for like 15 seconds. And eventually, he just takes the mid range jumper that he's so good mm-hmm. at nails it over Nas. It's just plays like that are what really show just how how much this offense has grown because it does show that teams are thinking about what Embiid's going to do, not just scoring. And that helps with, you know, he's had problems with turnovers, double teams, etc. And maybe those problems can, can still come up at times, but it feels like they're not as present this year. The last thing I want to talk about that before we talk about maybe the rest of this team, the depth, just moving without the ball in your hands, just... Do you think it's as simple as the coaching change is why like the system's different? Do you think maybe it's the players? Maybe it's a mix of both, but that's just reshape the offense. In in 2023, I think so many teams are kind of just leaning on their stars and it's become such an offensive game that that doesn't really work anymore. You have to play team basketball like the Nuggets just did, like the Celtics have been doing um, and have a clear system in place where everyone's kind of involved. I feel like this is a case where between Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse that coaching is making a giant impact like i i'm not usually one to say it is but i think at the end of the day this is really one of the nick nurse is one of the reasons this team is so much better this year and looks so much better i think that's the problem with what doc rivers is trying to do is he really wanted to lean on james harden and joel Embiid as much as he could and rightfully so those are two incredible players i just think there's a reason they were such a limited team like they could be so good in the regular season and then fall off in the playoffs is because 
And the playoffs is when those teams that play together, play hard, really shine. And that's why the Bucks, the Celtics have run the East for the Raptors even have run the East recently. Um, and I think that's what, what Nick Nurse really has done in the playoffs. And that's a guy who kind of understands, you know, offensively and defensively that you have to scheme, you have to be prepared, you have to play together, you have to play hard. And that, that he's just a guy that gets it and knows how to get his guys to kind of come together to do that. Um, and I think giving him Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey to work with is just working perfectly. Nick Nurse, to me, this is his, this is heaven for him because here it's like he has all those defensive switchable wings that fit his system so well, but then he has Joel Embiid and then he also has a point guard in Maxi who is just so much more dynamic and fast and can just change pace. It's just, it's like he has the the supporting cast he wants, but then he also just has these two all-stars that kind of just put everything together instead of the kind of just redundant roster he's had over the past couple seasons. And I just think that's showing for the whole roster right now. And that's where I want to talk about just what do you think about our roster as a whole right now? Because we have a lot of these really capable, like I said, role players that can do different things that can kind of, you know, Nick Nurse can adjust based off who we're playing. Are we going to use Ubre right now for his athleticism? Are we going to go with maybe Covington for his defense or Batum for to make sure he can get those, you know, those entry passes, those extra passes to Embiid, to Maxi, whatever. Like we have guys who can do different things, but then everyone's talking about our assets, the cap space. Can they get a third guy to really, you know, chase Boston and Milwaukee at the top of the conference? So what's your philosophy on this season? Because we know we're going to have all that cap space this summer. So do you think they should still try to, because we're talking about this is not a retooling year like everyone expected. The Sixers are playing like contenders right now. So can the team as currently constructed continue to play like a contender? Or do you think that they have to make another move to capitalize on this season? I think it's, it's really tough because I think on one hand you want to make them better in any way possible because I think Daryl Morey has said it recently, like they're focused on this season no matter what, because you have Embiid who has an injury history, who's getting older, averaging 35 points. Like you can't, you can't just kick, can't just give that away um, and look to the future. I think you have to look at this season first, just because you never know with the NBA, what's going to happen injury-wise, you know, just performance-wise. I think you have to look to the season first. So with that, I think right now that the way the team is constructed, I think if Maxi and Embiid were to have were to continue playing like this in the playoffs, yes, they could make a run to the title still. It would just be very tough is the problem. If you have to play Boston and then Milwaukee or even just one of them, I'm not 100% positive. I think this Sixers team can definitely beat Milwaukee. I don't really have too much doubt about that because Embiid has always guarded Giannis pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the problem is I don't. I still don't know if they can beat Boston. Boston's just constructed so perfectly as a team that especially for the playoffs where they're going to defend and they're going to play together and they can shoot the three. And then they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who can just cook you every night. Like they're such a great team that just fits so well that I don't think the Sixers can really beat them in a playoff series right now. If they're really committed to winning the season, like I think they should be, I think they need to go out and get one more player and maybe another role player, or maybe you just stick with the role players and stick with what you have. I think it's possible. I don't, Love the odds against the Celtics, I think, is the biggest problem. I think if you're going to try to go out and get someone, it has to be kind of a wing that can defend against a Tatum Brown. I think mm-hmm. everyone knows OG and Anobi is the guy that makes the most sense there, but I guess yeah. we'll see. 
Yeah, he's been a very rumored target. Obviously, played uh, for Nick Nurse in Toronto, and he's gotten better on offense as well. I mean, he's he's got a really smooth mid range game. He's kind of. I remember some Raptors fans kind of like, oh, he's he's our new Kawhi. It's like I don't know about that, but he does have some similar skill sets at times. So, yeah, I think he's a really interesting piece. He'll be a free agent at the end of this season, which is why he's such a talked about target. Uh, Siakam as well in Toronto, and he obviously has a, a bit of a personal relationship with Embiid. But I agree. I think OG would be the one of those two guys that I would pursue. I think you're right in that if they want to win a championship this year, they just need a little extra offensive juice. And also, like you said, OG would be the guy guarding someone like a Tatum and Brown on the wing. Because right now, I mean, I I would say our best wing defender is Covington. But Nick Nurse kind of... I, some people say, oh, Nick Nurse doesn't like him. I don't know about that. But I just think the way... I think he's really confident how Ubre is playing, and I don't think he wants to mess with that momentum on his end. So I think he's kept the whole and Batum has been such a help for Embiid that I think those two guys have to play the minutes they're playing. But I don't think he doesn't like Covington. I just think that the team's deep right now. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that this team can beat Milwaukee as currently constructed. I agree actually because we were talking before the pod, but we've only played them once this season. It was that opener. And they lost by one, and that was when Harden wasn't playing. We didn't have Batum, Covington, uh, or Marcus Morris yet. So it was pretty much just Embiid, Maxi, Kelly Oubre had a great game in that game. And just, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the same team they have now. And Milwaukee can't really defend. Like, I don't think they'd be able to stop Maxi And Embiid, like you said, I mean, Embiid usually matches up well with Giannis. They kind of, you know, they either cancel each other out or just both have good games. So... I definitely agree with you there, but to win a championship this year, I don't think this current team's good enough. The problem is, I don't know, Boston's just going to be hard to beat regardless. Uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be against making a deal at the deadline if, it, if we know we're going to re-sign that guy. And someone like Ananobi, I think, would be perfect because he has that relationship with Nick Nurse. You would assume almost instantly after the trade, yeah, he'll, he'll sign an extension. So... So what 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 do you think it would take to get that done though? Because the Sixers have a few more assets now after the Harden trade, but I don't know. I I just don't want to mess with that continuity. So yeah. what, what do you think it would take to get that done? Yeah, I think I was thinking about this earlier today. Actually, I think if they're gonna make a move, it has to be a very very calculated move. You have to be very aware of who you're shipping out, who you're getting, and how it's gonna fit together, and how that's gonna go into the future. You're at such a point where like you do have a lot of flexibility, but you also have a very fragile situation where you don't want to mess up the chemistry and stuff. Like you were saying, you have so many guys that are playing so well that you don't want to ship one out and kind of ruin things. I think you have to commit to not moving Batum, like you said, just because he fits so well. I think he should be starting for the rest of the year. Ubre, for sure, he's been a pretty much the best six man, a great wing piece that can score and shoot the three that we haven't really had in a while in the Sixers. Um, and thinking about, I mean, Tobias Harris, I think is movable at this point, just because, well, that's a whole different conversation we could probably talk about for 20 minutes, but yeah, we, we need to talk about Tobias. Okay. We can, we can talk about Tobias then. I'll leave him out of this for now. I think he's movable. I'll just say that. Okay. Um, yeah, but this I team, agree. I think he's, he, you, you can get rid of him and they'd be fine. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Pat Bev. I think you should keep, I think he just fits oh. so well. No, he's untouchable. Pat Bev's untouchable. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think you can. I don't think you can move him. And I, I just don't move him. He 
Not yeah. that he's that crazy great of a player. It's that he just fits so well. He plays hard. That's what you want on your team. Same the same way PJ Tucker played hard. He plays hard, and that's yeah. a guy you like to have on your side. Um, I think having Melton has been nice. I would prefer they didn't move him just because I think he fits really well with Maxi in terms of yeah. um, his defense complementing Maxi's offense and just. The fact that he can do a little bit of everything is a good kind of glue guy. Melon got hurt last night, but they said on the broadcast it was uh, oh, what was it? Not a hip strain, but something. It didn't seem like he was going to be out too long. It it yeah. seems like he's going to be all right. So that was good to see. Yeah, I think if they're going to make a move this year, I think the assets you look to move are either picks. I'm fine with them using their first round picks. They just got in the Clippers deal. If it comes down to it, if they get the right guy. I think you look at the picks, I think I'm fine with moving. Jaden Springer doesn't really have a clear role in this team anymore, which sucks to say. He looks like he's flashed some good potential on both sides of the ball, but I think he's best fit getting an opportunity elsewhere anyway. Um, Jaden Springer, I'm fine with moving Marcus Morris cause just because he has been pretty good for us. I just think he's kind of replaceable. Um, Marcus Morris, KJ Martin, kind of the end of the bench guys where other teams may be able to use them, but... They just don't really fit well in our rotation. I don't think you mess with the current rotation you have now, though, is the problem. Yeah, I agree. Marcus Morris is on a, an expiring contract, and he's on a decent salary, so I think he's movable for sure. I mean, he's been good on offense, like you said, but kind of just the scheme. I'm surprised Nick Nurse likes him so much yeah. because he doesn't really feel like a Nick Nurse player. It's why a lot of people kind of thought he was an afterthought in that trade, just a salary filler, kind of like how we might be using him as a salary filler in a trade like that for someone like Ananobi, but... Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with moving Springer. I, I I wanted to like him a lot, but, I mean, you mentioned K.J. Martin. I even like K.J. Martin more than Springer. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of what he was doing in Houston, at least on the offensive end. So, yeah, just guys like that, those younger players, a team like Toronto who's about to probably rebuild, they're going to probably lose Siakam as well. I think they could use those assets for sure. The problem is if someone else comes calling. I remember, was it Memphis who was rumored to maybe, like, be considering giving up multiple first rounders for Ananobi a few years back. So mm -hmm. guys like that are going to have value. So I can see a world where like they don't make the trade and maybe wait till free agency because they're going to have that cap space. But like you said, if they want to make the most of this year, I think you have to just part with some assets. You have these veteran veterans in the rotation. Now you can use your, cause the bench is deep. They have these younger players at the end of the bench. They have these picks now from the Harden trade. You strike now and you don't waste a year. You try to go for you try to go for it because even just getting to the conference finals would be such a step for this team. It, they they haven't done it yet. So I think that in the first year of Nick Nurse, with you know, looking to the future with Maxi with Cap Space coming up, that would be a huge thing for the Sixers team to go to this mm -hmm. the third round. Now, losing the Boston again would frustrate people beyond belief, but unfortunately Boston is a lineup with four all-stars and Derek White, who's a first team all defense guy. Like mm -hmm. it's just hard to match that talent. That's an unfortunate reality. If they do manage to beat them, I mean, they almost beat them last year. So I don't think it would be impossible, but I'll throw in there. They beat them earlier this year, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're capable of beating them. I just think it's going to be very hard. Yeah. In a seven game series. Yeah. yeah, I agree. We do have a pretty clear coaching advantage. Although it seems like Missoula, he's not getting the flack he did last year, but like I just said, he also has so much talent on his side right now. It's kind of hard to mess that up. Also, we have Pat Bev against the Celtics who dropped, what, like 26, 8, and <laughs> yeah, 7? 26 and like 8 rebounds. That was insane. <laughs>
I missed that game too. I forget why. Maybe I was covering Penn State basketball, but like that was nuts. I love seeing Pat Bev randomly go off like that. I mean, like you said, he's been a great ad as well, just for the the chemistry of the team. Yeah, I, I think you know we talked about who they could trade for. I agree with you that the, someone like Ananobi, and I feel like it would be Ananobi. I don't really know who else is out there. Like the Zach Levine rumors, I hate them. I I don't I, I like Zach Levine, but this team does not need a player like him right now. I, I don't think we need the guy we trade for. Yeah, Ananobi, he can score. It needs to be someone who can improve the offense on the wing compared to like Covington Batum types. He still needs to not take away the touches from Maxi and Embiid. Zach Levine just needs the ball in his hands. That's the truth. Yeah, uh, I think realistically the target like you're saying is like it needs to be preferably a wing just because that's what fits best in this team is what they need and one that can defend i think their biggest hole if you had to pick one is that they don't really have a guy like we said they they can throw a jason tatum or jalen brown in the playoff series um so because of that obviously i think og ananobi is the first target the second one that comes to mind right now is alex caruso the thing with both of those guys is i think they're both going to be pretty darn expensive because everyone's aware that they're so valuable um, because they're kind of two way guys that are going to contribute to kind of winning basketball and on both sides of the floor. Um, I have a feeling that Toronto is going to blow it up. I think Ananobi is going to be moved. I think it's just going to be kind of a bidding war on who actually is willing to give up two, three first round picks and decent players in return. But yeah, I mean, I feel like they could definitely use another guard off the bench that can handle the ball. So if they don't get Ananobi, I think, Caruso would be a pretty good fit just to bring in as a sixth man that can kind of defend and problem the other night for us. He's he's got it's insane. He used to play in the G League. Like he has grown so much as a player. He's just all around just a great, great player to have on your team. Like Pat Bev, he's just a guy you want on your side that can everything. Did you see his three-point percentage this year? No. He's shooting 43% from three. Really? Now he's like a good offensive player, too. He's just the perfect role player. So yeah, yeah, I would love to have him. Uh, if we can just trade for him and leave Levine out of that, I'd I'd be for that. But yeah, yeah like you said, I think Ananobi is someone definitely a priority. But I, I'm trying to think of other wing guys. Like if we strike out on Ananobi, who's the backup plan there? Like Jeremy Grant was good last year. Now he's on a giant contract. I, yeah. I want I want no part of bringing him home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's something to monitor. But I think for now, Ananobi's Ananobi's the guy. Now someone who isn't really playing like the guy right now. You mentioned him earlier, Tobias Harris. He's on an expiring contract. Uh, so in theory, he could be a, you know, maybe he's in a trade for like that for Ananobi. Maybe we get to keep even Marcus Morris. Maybe he's the salary filler to go with the young guys. And I certainly wouldn't be against it. It's just, I can't, I, I've probably done this conversation so many times on this podcast. We probably did it when you came on the first time. I've probably done it with five other people as well, but just this is definitely you have to imagine this is his last season and he was playing well that first month of this year he was part of the whole revitalization of the lineup just you know he wasn't sitting in the corner anymore it seemed like he was playing with more confidence defending well and lately he's just struggled to like there's been games he hasn't even scored in double digits uh defensively just feels like he comes and goes lately I guess he's just always going to be that night in, night out. You don't know what you're going to get from him. But I don't know. I just feel like he sh- this whole si- – he's been on the Sixers since I was in 10th grade, and I'm now a junior in college. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't feel like that's the truth, but he's just been here forever. So I, yeah. I don't know. I'm so indifferent, I think, to moving at this point, just because like it's he's such like the most average player I think you could possibly have where on sometimes he's going to be really good for you and other times he's not. I think at this point you just have to accept that. I think the consistency is just his biggest issue. I was just saying to you, like sometimes he's very, very good and you're glad he's on your team. And then the next five games after that, he'll be awful and you'll wish you traded him. Like it's just what you're going to get from him at this point. It's what you have to expect. I wouldn't be mad if they moved him at all especially if it's in the right deal. If they choose to keep him again, I don't really think I'd be mad just because I think he is capable of contributing to this team, especially in the starting lineup where he can kind of be that third scorer. Um, I just think he's, at this point in his career, the past couple seasons, he's been, he's supposed to be kind of a good, above average role player, I'd say, like if I had to describe that. He's supposed to be a role player in a way that can kind of score, but also not be a role player. So it's kind of like, I don't think he's ever figured out consistently what his role in the team is and at this point i don't think he's gonna be here past this year but i have no clue if he should be on the team or not anymore i don't yeah. even know what to think about tobias harris anymore right like his i almost think he he's just never been a bench player for us so i don't know if moving him to the bench would give the bench this scoring spark and he'd like suddenly catch like have rhythm again or if because he I, I don't know i feel like tobias is a pretty you know, well, he's a pretty calm, you know, le- he's well-liked. I think he works hard. So I don't think if we benched him, he'd, like, lose his confidence as a player necessarily. But it also feels like something they're never going to do, even though, yeah. even with Nurse. But I would like Ubre. I think Ubre and Batum in the starting lineup would almost fit better. And then you can have, like, Cove and Tobias as off-the-bench wing guys. But doesn't really feel like that there's any momentum for that to happen. I agree. I think just because Ubre and Batum are two guys that know for sure, you know you're good, they're able to play off ball and on ball. I guess not Batum with on ball, but Ubre can do both. Um Tobias hasn't really proven that he can do off ball, you know, cutting to the rim, shooting catch and two threes at the same time while being able to handle the ball. I think that's what would be so beneficial by having guys like Ubre and Batum start in the lineup starting lineup where you can have Maxine and beat handle the ball all game and know you have three guys that can either shoot or cut the whole time with Tobias and you're not getting that. So I would actually really like to see him come off the bench just to try it for a couple games. But again, I don't think it's something they're ever going to do just because that's a guy they paid a lot of money. I, I don't think he would get upset, but I also just don't think it'd be right to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the past, I'd agree. I just think because it's the last year of his contract where they're trying to capitalize and you know, win a championship or at least make it farther than the second round of the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like this is the time where you get a little funky with Tobias's role in the team. You try mm-hmm. to salvage it before he's just out the door. And it was like, what was that six year tenure? Like they made just the whole like that's what he's gonna have been on the team for six parts of six that's seasons. Fair. And it, it just feels like you said, it feels like he's never had a clear role. It feels like he's it's changed it's changed every year. And maybe that's why it's been so hard for him here. But and I say hard, but then he's had years where he's averaged, you know, 18 a game and been yeah. a borderline all-star in that one year, the year that uh, they were the one seed with Simmons. Like, Tobias was in all-star conversations that season, so. Have you seen the team was, like, uh, campaigning for him to be an all-star this yeah, year? Yeah, oh, I saw <laughs> the vote for Embiid, Maxi, and Tobias, and everyone in the comments were like, I will not be voting for Tobias Harris. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about him anymore. So it's just the bright side of it is when he's off the books this summer. Now, we were already talking about someone like Ananobi. It feels like they're just going to move his money to someone else. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, the Rice to Ricky Sanchez, which obviously is the the, the biggest Sixers podcast around. Um, and I think Spike Eskin was basically saying, it just felt weird to, as soon as you lose the Tobias Max money, to just throw it at another wing guy who's probably not an all-star. And I hear what he's saying, but to me, just the familiarity with Nurse, the defensive skill set, I just feel like I understand Ananobi is not a superstar, but when you have Embiid and Maxi in place, I feel like it's okay. I feel like you have to you have to spend money to win. And right. I think that's just – I think the problem for Tobias – was that this team did not know what it wanted to be when we gave him that contract. We had Ben Simmons, who was not actually a second star, as we found out. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a world where if it's Jimmy and Tobias, Tobias is a great third guy. I have no clue. But yeah. I would not be worried about paying another wing guy just because of Tobias. I think it's a, I think it's a different situation. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I think you throw out the money when a guy actually fits really well and you know he's going to fit well. And I think Andy obviously fits way better than Tobias does. So I'm fully on board with you there. Yeah. Cool. So just looking ahead, just to wrap up here, obviously we're we're happy with the team as they're playing, but you know, you mentioned we think you mentioned you think we can beat Milwaukee. We've proven we can at least hang with Boston. Even last year in the playoffs, they hung with Boston at first. So as you're looking towards the back end of this season, what do you think the biggest goal for this team should be? As they try to get, as they get closer to the playoffs, um, that's a good question. I don't know. I just, I don't know if there's anything they're like not doing well. I think defending more than offense is maybe a bigger issue right now. I think finding that third score is really going to be key. I think Ubre is kind of becoming that third score rather than Tobias. But it'd be nice if you can find more consistent consistency with that because, like last night. Embiid and Maxi had to combine for what, like 85 points or something yeah. <laughs> like crazy. Like, I'm glad they can do that. I'm very happy that they've proven that they have the kind of two man game that they can both go off on the same night. Um, and I think that's going to be big in the playoffs. But I think you also kind of need almost like the Nuggets have Michael Porter Jr. or something. You need a guy who can also kind of go off and have his night when those two are going to be held in check against a a Giannis or Tatum or whoever Al Horford, of course, is probably going to slow and beat down in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think you need a third guy that you can kind of rely on. And I wish that would be Tobias. If it's not, I think Ubre can kind of start to be that guy. I think that's what you can kind of use. If you're not going to make a trade, I think that's what you can kind of use the coming months for is find who can be that third scorer. Yeah. Ubre was, I think he had it. I don't, real fast on Ubre. I, I thought we lost him for like the whole year. I mean, he, didn't they say he broke his ribs? Like, I, I can't believe he came back so fast. But when they, yeah, when they first announced it, it seemed like it was not going to be like a couple week thing. I guess it yeah. just, it was better than people thought it was. Yeah. It, it felt like, like not, not a tragedy, but like in the basketball sense, like just a tragic, like turn of events for him as he's finally, mm -hmm. you know, playing the best basketball of his career, but he's already back. So yeah. So hopefully he can just get comfortable Last two games, he didn't score a lot, but I think it's kind of just, yeah, I, I'm confident. He's had some good games since coming back from the injury. So, yeah, I think I think it's just going to depend. The, the, that's I agree with you because right now it, feel, it feels like we have a third score almost every game, but it's a different guy. And mm -hmm. if we can just figure out someone to step into that role on a consistent basis, that would be 
really ideal. And that's kind of the argument for a trade is that that's how you get the guy who's going to do it every night. So mm -hmm. that's the thing. And they come playoff time. Obviously the rotations are going to have to cut down, but I don't know. Like I could see nurse running with like eight or nine of these guys, at least until like maybe the later rounds, but in the early rounds mm -hmm. of the playoffs, I think almost all these guys could play every night. I think the rotation he is now, the only complaint I have, and I think a lot of Sixers fans have, is that Covington's not getting enough minutes. I think, like, he's still, like, top 10 and I think, deflections per game or something. Like, yeah. he's going to be a great defender. I think if they lean into that more and let him be a great, the great defender he is, kind of with the way they let Thibel play for a couple years, uh, even though he wasn't a great offensive player, um, if you start giving him more minutes off the bench, I think it's pretty beneficial for the team i agree it, our bench is crazy like even dan house will just come in for some of these games yeah he you forget he's he and then he comes in for the fourth quarters when we're like blowing the, the bad teams out and all of a sudden he's he's going to the rim uh and he's playing a little smarter i mean last year we were laughing about his his step back corner threes which is not not actually a real basketball play that's an out of bounds <laughs> but um I don't know. This year, he just feels a lot more comfortable. So even even the guys who don't play every night, I don't know. Yeah, you, you have some confidence in. So yeah, I don't know. That's why like a trade. I'm not too worried about it because I think we have those guys at the end of the bench who can be in the can be the salary fillers if it's not Tobias, and we we're gonna survive. So I don't know. I, I to me to me I I hear the skepticism and all. I know the Philly fans. You know between the Phillies. In their playoff losses the last two years, the Eagles right now are kind of collapsing. Obviously, the Sixers have choked many times. Like, I, I understand the skepticism and the fear, but that's just going to make the payoff when one of these teams does it all that much sweeter. And I don't know. I, I just believe in Nick Nurse. I believe in Joel Embiid, who's one of these years. He's too good of a player to just never have the one playoff run where he at least even if he doesn't win a championship, doesn't play just fantastically. I think it's coming this year. I think he has the resources with him around him to make that happen. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to always have the optimism when they're, they're playing this well. Like I'm just not going to jump off the bandwagon mm -hmm. in December just yeah. because of what's happened in the past. No, I hate, like, I hate to, say just because it is the moment i feel like this is a pretty easy thing to just throw out but i really feel like this is the best kind of i've felt about the sixers overall coaching front office players what group you have however it's performing everything about that everything wise this is the best i felt about them probably and and the Embiid era just because they're playing so well and everything's kind of clicking everything fits well they have assets they have options on where they can go with their future um which is again kind of what i said at the beginning is like it's weird because two months ago i said the exact opposite <laughs> i felt like it was the worst they had was worst position they were in i think everything since then though they've done pretty much perfectly so yeah i definitely agree so i'm excited to see how it's all gonna play out uh they got a big christmas game coming up on monday against miami it's at 8 p.m so i'll actually get to watch it out you know i won't mm -hmm. I think all my family will have, you know, my extended family be at, would be gone for the day. So I'll be able to sit down, watch the game. Got uh, a Niners Ravens going on at the same time too. Yeah, that's a good that's two games right. in between. I know. I might, I might have to break the laptop out for that, for that football game as well. That could yeah. be a Super Bowl preview. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, I'm a big culture guy. I'm not, not as big on the heat culture though. So hopefully they can take them down, give us something to celebrate on Christmas. So 
Uh, with that in mind, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me again today. This is a lot of fun. Uh, have a great Christmas. Hope you enjoy a Sixers victory. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, had a good time, and I'm looking forward to um, the next coming months and what they choose to do with the team and stuff. So I am as well. I am as well. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow Trust the Podcast on Spotify and Apple if you aren't already. Very excited to see how this Sixers season continues to go. Uh, I finally recovered from my many illnesses, so hopefully I'll be doing more Trust the Podcast episodes in the coming weeks. But for now, hopefully the Sixers keep blowing these teams out of the water. So thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Go Sixers. And happy holidays.